Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the New Standard. And as always, I have my partner in crime to my left, Neil Kulong. What's up, Neil? Don't ask me what's up, Lance. You know what's up. Terrible, terrible home performance for the Steelers today. We know that uh, we've seen much better from this Steelers team uh, in past years. And right now, this really just doesn't look like a team that has a great sense of who it is, what it is offensively. And top to bottom, um, I, they, they've got to discuss a few things in a short week uh, against a, a reasonably competitive Browns team. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. It's not a not a real great start. We'll talk about it and break it down. I'm going to go through the game book, and we're going to highlight some issues on the offensive side of football. But before we do that, if you want to join the program, go to YouTube and do a search for The New Standard and Lance Williams or Neil Kulong. Also, if you want to join the show and listen to the show via podcast, go to your podcast feeder or reader and do a search for thenewstandard.com. I think it's a podcast feeder. I think that's what it's called. There's a ton of uh, podcast software out there. And uh, you can find it that way on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You could find it there. Also want to give a big shout out to Great Dads versus Everybody, Plant Based Planet, the YouTube channel on vegan food and vegan eating. And also want to give a big shout out to show sponsor, Peer Health. Neil, let's jump into this. And, and, and before we jump into a lot of bad offensive football, was there anything to hang your hat on on either side of the ball in this game? No, not really. It, 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 honestly, it was just kind of a bland game. It also was one of the faster games, I think. I, I haven't seen the official time yet, but this got over in a hurry. And it wasn't because uh, both teams were, were monopolizing the clock and hanging on to a, a possession for as long as they did. The Steelers just had very ineffectively efficient possessions to the point where they're giving it away after a minute, 20 seconds, um, four or five times. I think, I mean, they, they, they punted a bunch just like they did last week. They held on to the ball two drives really uh, from, from what we saw. Otherwise a lot of punts in this game on both sides. I don't think either quarterback played particularly well. Uh, one of them being noticeably better than the other, even though it wasn't very good. And uh, the clock kept running. It was a fast game. Not a whole lot of big things happen. Not many chunk plays. Um, each team had to play defensively. Um, it, Pittsburgh generated little to no pressure. Patriots didn't really seem to need it all that much. Not a whole lot happened. It, it really, I'll, I'll watch it again, but just my perspective of it is this is the kind of game we're not going to be talking about individual plays much. There, there just wasn't all that much that happened. To your point about the time, uh, the game took approximately two hours and 58 minutes. So it was a very quick game uh, to your point. And to your point, you know, I always like to look at the game book after to see some numbers that might jump out to me. And when I'm looking at the final team statistics, you know, a number really jumps out at me. You're rarely going to see a National Football League game where there are 32 third downs attempted. And you're going to see a very rarely are you going to see a game in which both teams convert third downs at over 50 percent and so few points are scored. This was a very interesting game. Um, I, I could say that both teams had their issues on offense. But, man, can you remember the last time, Neil, you've watched a game where both teams attempted over 30 third downs combined uh, off off the top of my head, no, but if, if I were to structure it, it would look exactly like this one did. The Steelers targeted six receivers in this game. Uh, one wide receiver, Deontay Johnson, got 10 targets. The second leading target uh, collector was tight end Pat Fryermuth. The longest run of the game and the second leading rusher was wide receiver Gunnar Olszewski, who also fumbled a punt. It just the offense top to bottom is so out of whack that I'm not surprised in, in the result that you mentioned, just because a lot of what they're doing, they just, they're consistently setting up third and longs. They're not doing a whole lot on first and second down. They're probably the least aggressive team in the NFL. They're not attempting anything down the field. 
Um, maybe that's why you have the game on the line twice. You're down three points in the fourth quarter, and your two drives both go three and out. Neither of them did anything. They didn't even challenge for a first down. Uh, it just there's there's nothing here. They're just not doing anything. I mean, Mitch Trubisky's final number is 21 to 33, 168 yards. That's 5.1 yards per attempt, which is probably going to be the lowest in the NFL. A touchdown and an interception. This is really the kind of game I expected uh, Trubisky to have with the Steelers. That This really is kind of typical for him. And with that, he's completing short passes to set up third and mid, third and long, and they're not converting them. Because they, they, I don't, I just don't think they have a quarterback who's good enough to do that. I'm sorry if people think that I'm negative in saying it, but if if you are saying it, you've heard me say this a, a few times uh, over the months. He's not very good, and we're we're unfortunately seeing the results of that now. And we talked a lot about the word sustainability, and I'm glad you brought up uh, the last two drives because you're talking about, you know, another. And I'm looking at the game book here. And uh, you can do the calculation in terms of yards per play. Actually, they'll have it here. Um, you know, this isn't sustainable. You know, when you're when you're averaging 4.2 yards per play, you know, that isn't sustainable. And you cannot run effective offense and score a ton of points when your yards per attempt is as low as five. I mean, you just can't do it. And the thing that really illustrates the struggles for the Steelers' offense is a 16-play drive where you only get 53 plays. I mean, 53 <laughs> yards. I mean, you was know, it 53? That's, I thought it was 48. That's, no, that's about you were correct. The West. It was 48 because they lost five on penalties. So they ran 60, 16 plays for 48 yards. That's three yards per play. I mean, that's, that's the speed of forward advancement of an armored column in the military. It's they, it, you, you can't, you know, getting back to the word sustainability, you're not going to do anything with that. And that's a typical drive. That's a scoring drive for them. And when you use the word sustainability, what they can sustain is games that look like this. This, this is what it's going to look like. Because we often talk about how it's very difficult to win games like this. You're talking about a game in which – a dropped interception by Cam Sutton and a fumble by Gunner. Uh, and if you're playing Rochambeau, um, I think scissors slice guns, meaning uh, <laughs> the scissors might be uh, coming towards guns uh, very soon. I mean, it's just, it, it's just, this is just ve very hard for them to keep doing and maintaining. They're going to have to make a decision fairly soon um, either. But, but and let me say this like this. The decision they're going to have to make is they're going to have to decide whether they want to be more aggressive offensively. And that's going to be with Trubisky or with Pickett or with Rudolph. You see an offense that is not trying to win games, but trying to tread and stay in games and put themselves in position with the defense making a play. But the one thing that we really saw this today also with this defense is, you know, you felt the loss of T.J. Watt in this game. They couldn't really generate pressure in this game as well. And we also saw a case where playing a ton of snaps in two weeks finally took its toll on them late in the game where New England had the ball for almost the entire fourth quarter. You know, again, this is just not very – this is not sustainable at all. It's just not it, – that stat isn't even just your defense being unable to get off the field. I'm, I'm watching the Ravens here choke away a, a four-touchdown lead. Dolphins have the ball second and goal now with 20 seconds left on the clock. Looks like the, an injury timeout, but this is just too much fun. This game has been great. Much different than the one we just watched. As far as the, the Steelers go – it, it wasn't just their lack of offensive or defensive um, stopping ability in the fourth quarter. It's the fact that they didn't they didn't hold possession of the ball. I highlighted the the tweet that you just took away. I highlighted the comment that was made in regards to uh, the Patriots knowing what the Steelers were doing. Bell, if, if you were, I think it was the first of the two three and outs in the fourth quarter. Um, a screen pass or an outlet pass, I should say, to Najee Harris that was set up off of a Patriots cornerback blitz. 
Belichick called that specifically to get the exact result that he got. He knew full well if he brought the blitz off of that side and that's where the running back was, that's where he was going to dump the ball off to. And we know that because there were immediately two defenders on top of him. So they blitzed a guy from an area where the running back was. Two guys immediately came in to make the tackle for like a two-yard game. Belichick knew exactly what Trubisky was going to do, and he owned the down. And he did that multiple times throughout the game. Bill Belichick is obviously a, a, a very smart defensive football coach. But when your quarterback is telegraphing exactly what he's going to do, they pick up on that in film real quickly. And this is why he's getting neutered in the second half of every game that he plays. He can't. He, he doesn't do enough. Just plain and simple, he doesn't do enough. It, it, as, as Steeler Wire, thanks for checking in, Lats, um, it pointed out, they're not going to make a quarterback change uh, in, in a short week. But Mitch Trubisky, if he plays the first half like he has his first nine quarters of this season, they're not going to play him. I mean, just, you just can't. It, that was a, a horrible performance by him today. I'm sorry if that's too negative for you all. It, it, he's just not good, and they're not going to play winning football with him like that out there. You know, even if they grade him out as not playing as bad as we think, they only scored two offensive touchdowns in two games. You know, you just can't win football games that way. I mean, you have to you you have to either do something differently in terms of how you call the game or you have to make a change. I mean, I thought this was a game where the offensive line played much better than they did game one. Um, you still have a defense only giving up 17 points. And Mel Daniels, big up to Mel, Mel mentioned on Twitter, and I said to Mel I was going to highlight Mel's tweet I thought was a great one. He said, thus far, this game is all about one play. The Steelers' DB didn't make and their wide receiver made. That's the difference along with very poor quarterback play by Mitch and the reluctance to try the deep ball. You have to – when games get reduced to – 50-50 balls and 50-50 plays, and they get reduced to one play here or there, it's just very hard to win those type of games. It's very hard for those to be sustainable. But do you think – what does Mitch Trubisky have to do for Mitch to keep his job? Does he have to go out and get a win on Thursday and play fantastic football? Or can he play this type of game, they get a win, and they still think about making a quarterback change? I, I sincerely hope the notion that Trubisky can play like this, it, one, to your point earlier, I, I don't think there's any way they could possibly be grading him positively. I don't care what Tomlin says after this game. I don't care what he says on Tuesday. He didn't play well. And anybody that knows anything about the position and how it's supposed to to function, nobody can tell you that he played well. He made poor decisions with the ball. He was very passive with it. They, They didn't set him up very well. And I think that's because they know that he's not going to do it. And they're trying to give him all makeable stuff. If that's what they want him to do, I don't, there's no point in playing him. You're setting him up to fail. He's not going to do anything well. He, he's not aggressive with the ball. He finally made a turnover on, I don't know, one of five or six throws he's made in two weeks that, that could be deemed the dumbest decision that he's made all season. Today was really bad. That was a costly turnover for him. He continues to do this. I, Let I don't me ask know. you this way. Let me ask you this way, Neil. Let's say he executes the plan flawlessly today. How many points did they squeeze out of that plan today? I, I don't. I don't know. I, I, you can't answer that. I don't know exactly what their plan was. I know this: he completed a reasonable percentage of his passes. Most of them were seven yards and in. They didn't challenge anything, and I know that they ran deeper routes to suggest that there was never anything open. There was never an opportunity, and he consistently made the CEO decision. In other words, to to take the gain, don't ever take a loss. To suggest that that's successful football is just wrong. That's the problem. Yes, there are instances in which you don't want to load up and and try to do more than what you're capable of doing or, or force something that you don't need to force. But clearly, as we saw, a team that's down three points in the fourth quarter that has not moved the ball on offense all day, a blitzing defensive back is one yard into the backfield. He wheels and immediately throws the outlet route on third and long. 
you're not going to win games doing that. The defense knows exactly what you're going to do, and you you punt because of that. That's why they have punted the vast majority of, of their possessions at this point, and they haven't scored any points. They've got, what, 30 points in two games now on offense. It, it That couldn't have been their plan. It just couldn't have been. They wanted to run the ball. I think they probably would have wanted to run the ball a little bit better than they did, but they weren't terrible today. I thought they looked a lot better on the ground uh, today um, than they did against Cincinnati. That's something at least. But if your quarterback is not able to make plays, another way, how about we flip it around? Mac Jones didn't play well today. He had a that, lot of he had a lot yes. of chance today. Pretty bad. Yes. He made a play. He went after a ball downfield. He threw up a 50-50 ball to a guy that just beat the guy that was covering him. Trubisky doesn't give his receivers an opportunity to even try. Throwing stuff to the sideline consistently, only finding one guy across the field, which is what he's doing consistently with Deontay Johnson, who's not producing anything right now because Mitch doesn't throw him open. They don't get him the ball in space where he can actually do something with it after the catch. These things are not winning football. He's just It's like he's just playing to complete the pass, and that's it. To do that in this league – you have to complete like nine of them every drive up and down the field in order to, to put three touchdowns on the board. And they're failing miserably in that area. And they're, they're, they're not going to win doing it. John Pennington wrote, Mitch reminds me of Amish horses with blinders on their head to see only in one direction along with Canada. In the comments on Twitter, there's a lot of issues or a lot of comments about Matt Canada in this offense. And, and, and I want to toss this to you. Um, and it's, and it's hard to kind of do this, not knowing what the plan is, but you know, I'm just going to toss it to you. I'm going to toss this grenade to you and Eulish Jordan um, at UG Jordan three on Twitter, who tweets us all game. And Eulish is absolutely funny. He wrote the comment, Matt Canada's sideways backwards offense. How much is this? Is Matt Canada? How much is this Tomlin, the plan, the quarterback, or is there just enough blame for everyone around? Honestly, here's the thing. Offensive coordinators are high esteem positions. They make a lot of money. Offensive coordinators don't make drops in the barrel compared to what quarterbacks do. There's a reason for that, okay? You can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. And that's what the Steelers have at the quarterback position. And frankly, that's what they had last year at the quarterback position. Nobody who's watched this or follows me in social media thinks that I'm some gigantic Matt Canada fan. What I have said about Matt Canada from the start was we haven't seen anything of what his offense is. Okay. I don't care what he did five years ago in college. That's not his offense today. What he is right now is overseeing an offense with maybe the worst quarterback in the NFL receivers who are not involved, most of the offense that isn't involved, and an offensive line that has been surprisingly below average, which is a step up from where we thought they were going to be. He hasn't generated anything, but he doesn't have much of a quarterback to do it with either. So I don't know. I, it, it's We don't know what it is, but it, 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 when the rubber meets the road, what we know is he is overseeing the overall direction of the offense, and that needle is only pointed down. I don't care who we blame. It doesn't make a difference. You don't have a quarterback. There's not much to call because he's not doing anything other than the same thing over and over again. They didn't call a screen pass facing that blitz. I, I can't state this enough. That's his reaction to what happened in the play. You don't. It, it's not Madden. Your guys are not programmed to only do one thing. It's all set up within the play. What the defense does to react to you sets up your route. That sets up what the quarterback is reading. Where players go pre-snap changes what you're doing. It's not just about a, a play call itself. The, the quarterback ultimately <clears throat> makes the decision to throw the ball. Somebody said this on Twitter. Matt Canada didn't throw the ball over one defender who should have caught it and into the arms of another defender who did catch it. It's totally true. That's on the quarterback. When your quarterback sucks, your offensive coordinator is not going to save him doesn't matter who he is. doesn't matter if everyone thinks that he was great at, at Boston College or wherever in, in 2015. He's not going to do much now. Can't fire Cannon in the middle of the season anyway, but he's responsible for fixing the quarterback. If that can't be done, they need to get another quarterback. They, they don't have time to sit and wait for this to, to continue to get better because it's not. And frankly, 
I said this was going to happen. They were going to start slow, but Trubisky's worse than I thought that he would be. He, he left a lot on the field today. I want to jump into a comment that my cousin Steven Johnson made, and it's about Najee Harris. And we were talking about me and you were tweeting back and forth and texting back and forth about Najee's health. Najee looked a little frisky today, but he did leave better. some stuff on the a field. Better. Yeah, and to, and to my cousin's comment, I watched Najee closely after Neil's comments last week. And if the hole isn't the size of the Fort Pitt tunnel, he isn't seeing it. There was a play specifically to my cousin's point where he ran up the back of Friar Move. He literally banked off of his yeah, back. <laughs> and I was like, wow, he, he ran into his back. I mean, there, and there was some play. There was like, a little like bit of yards to get there. He didn't even know if he was – yeah, there, and yeah. there was some room to get some more yards yep. to the left of Friermuth. And I thought you made a great point in last week's show. When you have an offensive line like the Steelers, you have to be extremely efficient and you have to maximize every yard that you can get. Even if it's a run where you get two, you can't get one. Or you can't get zero on it. If 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 you could get five, maybe you could squeeze out a six. You have to be very efficient. And what's your thoughts on uh Najee's performance today and, and my cousin's comment about Najee's vision? I I I I've said this, and this really pisses people off because they want to put Najee on a throne, but Najee is not a, a very good running back right now. They're it, it, on the broadcast, they made an interesting point. Belichick really liked him as a receiver. I've had issues with him as a receiver, but to be honest with you, I think he's more developed as a receiver than he is a running back right now. And I don't know how good of a thing that is necessarily. Um, that's, that's not a good thing. <laughs> how about this? First first carry of the game. What did I text you after it? Najee has to be hurt. He didn't look good on that first carry at all. He had room. That wasn't the, the Frarmuth carry, but it was it was similar to that. He had room off the right side. He could have cut up. He could have gotten yards. It just, he wants to go horizontal so much. And I don't understand why you've got a blocker in front of you and two guys there. You've got to get in between them and get up the field. You're not going to score a touchdown on the play. He should have had more than two yards. Okay. He goes out next drive. Jalen Warren comes in. Jalen Warren's given the ball and he just goes. It's like Jalen Warren doesn't know enough to think about what he needs to do with his legs or anything. He just goes and he gained four or five yards, something like that. He had first two carries, he had 10 yards. Najee's first two carries, usually he has like three. We get so used to blaming the offensive line for everything. You're not understanding the fact that he has some room in there, and that's what an NFL running back needs to have. He's got to get more than what he gets in a lot of cases. I, I promise you, he's smart. He says the same thing all the time. I watch film. I see stuff that I leave out there. I know that I can be a lot better. That's where he still is. To me, I, I don't see that he's improved a whole lot from last season, and that, that's starting to worry me a little bit, uh, especially considering the team really seems okay with getting uh, Jalen Warren um, invested in the game early on. That That's Jalen Warren's second game as a pro. He was an undrafted rookie, and now he's taking carries away from the guy you took in the first round on the second series of the game. Don't think that there's not something going on. It's not just, well, we need to keep Najee fresh. Second carry of the game. Okay. He 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 can go more than than that. <laughs> he's got more longevity in a game than that. He, he's not running particularly well. Maybe it's an injury, but it, Najee is still leaving a lot on the field. I, I think that's right. I said it last week. And and to me, this game, we'll watch it again, but I, I think we're gonna see the same thing. Let me give you an interesting number here as I was looking at the game book while you were talking. Uh Mitch Trubisky, of course, threw for 168 yards. The Steelers rushed overall for 91 yards most of that coming from non-offensive players you had well actually most of that coming from Najee Harris with the 49 yards and let's round that up to 100 and so that would be 268 yards of offense Percy Harvin in the game punted for 210 yards I, I, that, that's that that I mean, that kind of shows it's you Presley Harvin, but yeah, him too. I bet Percy yeah, Harvin I'm, I'm probably yes, had Percy Harvin. Uh, I, I always <laughs> I, think Percy. I've done it a thousand times already. Yes. I feel bad for the kid. <clears throat> that that's very interesting when you think about it. Um, but here's the number I really wanted to illustrate: was in 35 dropbacks, the Steelers had no sacks on the game, and yep. for a team where it looks like they're going to really have to lean on this defense. Uh, what was your thoughts in terms of what they tried to do 
to try to generate some pressure in TJ Watt's absence? I felt in all honesty, it's it's simple to go straight to, well, Watt wasn't in there and no one else is any good. It's all TJ. And it, it, I understand that the knee-jerk reaction to do that. But at the same time, the Patriots did a hell of a job picking up everything the Steelers did. They were stunting. They were twisting. They brought blitzes. Patriots picked it all up. They did a great job blocking today. This was not just the Steelers have no pass rush because Watt isn't in there. Watt's a great player. They've had games where they didn't get sacks. It went when Watt was in there. Not, I don't think, I think it was just the one game, but um, they, they did a masterful job taking away the one thing the Steelers do really well, which is sack the quarterback, cause pressure. Um, they were able to disrupt Jones. I don't think Jones played particularly well. I said that before. I, I think he left a lot on the field as well. Um, he made big plays when he needed to, or at least he, he made one big play when he needed to. But it, the Steelers did not pressure him, and their offensive line and their, their scheme helped him be successful. So in other words, this is a lot of what the Steelers are not able to do right now. And they I thought they did a reasonable job of protecting Trubisky today. Am I wrong in that? Did, it, it, maybe I didn't look at it closely enough. I thought they did pretty well uh, in protection. Not great, but pretty considering who they are. I mean, I, you know, we're, we're, we put them probably the worst pass protecting unit in the NFL. And they, I don't think they gave up more than one or two sacks. And frankly, one of them was Mitch being a, absolute moron escaping the pocket acting like he can outrun an nfl defensive end which is no way that's going to happen should have thrown the ball away and didn't and took a sack and they closed in on him once maybe two sacks i think you have the numbers yes yes they got two two sacks yeah um i thought they did a pretty good job of of protecting today but the patriots were excellent they they were masterful in their their pass rush today and that was in my opinion the reason that they won the game they they didn't give the steelers much of a chance to exploit a quarterback who isn't all there in his own right and not a great receiving core. They set their players up to, to be successful. And I, I don't think the Steelers were able to do that at the same level. You know, I was on Twitter. I was making some comments about uh, it might take the Steelers 200 plays to score 30 points. But, you know, when you look at points per play in this game, the Steelers ran 58 plays, got 13 points. They averaged about 0.2 yards. 0.2 points per play i mean if you multiply that out uh to get 30 points i mean it, it, you can just see that what this is is this just has to change and what do we what do you think we see differently in a short week offensively from this team against the browns on thursday same thing same thing um we have no reason where we're sitting right now to think it's going to change. They know the Browns pretty well. They might have packaged stuff um, that they can practice quickly and get ready uh, for a team that they've, they've played often. Um, but there's not enough time if they have not done that. If, if they weren't planning to do that before, there's not enough time to do anything new. Um, they're they're on to them pretty much right now. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be any different. Um, I don't like their chances in the game, <laughs> not after what we've seen. Um, Cowboys just went up 7-0 on the Bengals. <clears throat> I'm watching the game, which I probably shouldn't be. That's going to be too distracting. But, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't like their chances in a primetime road game on a short week the way they've played the last two weeks. But we've, we've seen them pull stuff out before. Um, it almost feels like something's got to work eventually. I mean, it, it just – it, it's just so much nothing right now. They don't have any explosion in their offense. Um, it, it certainly haven't run the ball for anything unless it's a, an end around to a receiver, which only so many of those you can run before you've put enough of it on film that it's going to go for a three-yard loss every time you do, which is now where Claypool is because they ran Claypool like five times last week. Now they're giving them to Gunner for some reason. It, it, I don't know how long that's going to last, but... Yeah, it's just they're they're not they're not doing anything well offensively right now. Um, it, they can't change that in a couple of days. It's going to take them half the season to do it if they're lucky. To your point of points per play and and no explosives in the offense, no explosive plays. So when you do points per play, it was about point two. If you, they would have had to have run a hundred and fifty plays to score thirty points, now. No way you're going to run 150 plays. We obviously know that. But what the number illustrates is that there is no explosion in their offense. Zip. You just, you know, you just can't run. You can't depend on running a ton of plays 
to have to score points. I mean, you need explosive yep. plays in your offense at some point, and, and that has to be the most disappointing thing. We talked about, and I love the point you made about uh, when the rubber meets the road, uh, that, you know, in terms of who gets paid, what, you know, the quarterback gets more money than coordinators, right? I mean, so a lot of it you got to lean on the quarterback. But philosophically looking at how they're playing offense and what they did in this game, it just felt like they didn't even – I mean, not seeing the All-22, it's a little unfair to see. It just felt like from the 64,000-foot, they they were just kind of treading. Like, we'll make a play. We'll get short field here or there. Let's not turn it over. We can kind of reduce this game a little bit. Let's not take too many chances. Somebody, you know, defense will make a play, put us in a nice position. We'll have some short field. We'll get a score. Let's just not lose it. Let's stay in it. It just felt like they were treading water offensively and not trying to be aggressive. What was your thought of the just the overall approach from an aggressiveness standpoint? Uh, they couldn't have been less aggressive. I mean, there, there's no other way to describe that. I, I keep saying this over and over again, but third and eight, the immediate dump outlet pass, which was a, a, a bait and switch by Belichick, which was as clear as, as the game was short. I mean, it, it's immediately Trubisky saw the first hint of pressure and went right to Harris, which is exactly where the defense wanted him to go. Two guys were on top of him immediately punt. That play symbolized their offensive performance overall. It's not that Trubisky doesn't complete passes. It's not that, by and large, he's avoiding takeaways. It's that he doesn't do anything to generate points in this style of NFL. It, not that's, to, that's... To, this isn't a fair comparison, I know, but just bear with me on this. The Dolphins just beat the Ravens 42-38. to 38. Quarterbacks threw a combined 11 touchdown passes. I'm not sure who was better, but whoever was winning that game between Tua and Lamar was going to be the offensive player of the week in the AFC. Both of them were spectacular. Both of them had in one half of play more than Trubisky has had in nine quarters of play to this point. That's how far the gap is right now. And at the end, you have no explosion on your offense and you're not even trying to get any. If you are trying, you're failing miserably, but I'm going to, I'm going to guess as the comment that I highlighted is now gone again. There are receivers down the field who are getting open somewhere. Trubisky isn't even looking at them. He's only going one read. And that that has been his M.O. And I I think to some degree, they're coaching him to do that. That's what they want to do. It's a lot of what they did with Ben last year. Don't turn the ball over. Let our defense hold out and win. You can't do that in today's NFL. And today just proved it. The Steelers were on the field for the entire fourth quarter. They're on the field for five quarters last week. Both times it's because their offense can't do anything. They don't protect them. They don't get any rest. And they have to play at, at a tie or behind situation Far too often. If they're not scoring points, they have to take the ball away. If they're not taking the ball away, they have to force three and outs because the Steelers will three and out most possessions. That's a significant problem. This is maybe the worst offense in the NFL, and it's going to kill their defense. They're already down Watt. They can't hand, they're not going to be able to hang very long. New England is not a good offensive football team. They did not play a great offensive game today. Uh, they protected well, and that was enough for them to win. Cleveland has playmakers. Cleveland has guys that can that can get up and down the field. And by the looks of it, they have a quarterback who's going to do it because that quarterback realizes he's a free agent next year. He needs film to get another job. And that's really what Trubisky's attitude should be. And it's not. You know, people were, were chirping in about that. Well, I feel bad for him. He's got a lot of pressure on him. He's an NFL quarterback. Of course he has pressure on him. That's why they're paying him $9 million this year. He needs to step up and, and get some decent film if he wants to compete somewhere for a starting job next year because it's not going to be here, and it never was. That's why they signed him to do a two-year contract, not a five. They don't want him to be around all that long. That's that's his ceiling. So if, if I'm not going to accept he's nervous or he's playing scared. If that's the case, get his ass on the bench now. <laughs> he shouldn't have even started in week one if he's afraid. That's the last thing I want to hear. He's the starter. He needs to act like it. He needs to play like it, and he's not. Blue Gold caught the comment or the stat what I was trying to get at when I was talking about the punting stats, um, that it there's a problem when your punter has punted for more yards than your quarterback has thrown for. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a bad game. 
The, those, that is those a two bad are fairly game. connected, though. I mean, if you're not moving the ball, you're going to punt a lot. You're and Harmon had some duties today. A couple good ones, a couple just painfully mediocre punts. That guy just drives me nuts. Had a, the, the first punt was just a gem. That might have been the best kick he had all in his career. But average overall, it, more than anything, it's a frequency stat, and they don't move the ball at all. They're right now. Okay, here's here's really what it comes down to with Canada's offense. The way that they are trying to to set things up, they want to get their athletic playmakers the ball in space and let them make plays. Trubisky does not get them the ball in such a way that they're able to make a play. He's just throwing to a spot. They're catching it and getting tackled right there. None of them are making anything out of of the targets that they're getting, and that that's a significant problem. If you're not willing to go deep, as it's been set up here a couple of times. Your safeties are attacking downhill immediately. So there goes your run game, and there goes your short stuff. Farnmouth can get 15 targets a game and continue to catch six of them because he's not open. He's got two guys blanked on him seven yards from the line of scrimmage. That's it, it, it's, it's pointless. I mean, it just their offense right now is pointless. And they got a, a leg chopped off, as we saw today, without Watt. And in a short game like this, a short week like this now, Cleveland – sees plenty of what they need to to limp into this game and just lean on Pittsburgh, not make mistakes, know that Pittsburgh realistically can't be counted on to score more than 17 points. And they, they can score 18 pretty easily. It's not going to be too hard for them to do that. To Eddie 757's point, and we talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, I can't imagine Kenny's going to play worse than Mitch, and at least he gives you upside. He throws guys open. I think, and we talked about it, we we thought that this was a treading year or sexy tanking, and we thought that at some point sure this too. year that Mitch was going, you know, not Mitch, excuse me, that Kenny was going to play. I mean, at some point they were going to pull the Band-Aid yep. off and Kenny's going to play. I mean, really? I want to I want to change think, my uh, answer in the second half of the season because I don't think, I don't, right now, I don't think Mitch is going to get to week four the way he's playing. Steelers like, Wire, I think Steelers Wire is right on. I mean, I, I don't think he gets to week four. I think I think yeah. this is it. If they go out there and they have an offensive performance like this, and see, here's the other thing is, when they're grading this out, the coaches know what the play calls are. I mean, the coaches have the all 22. They see what's designed. They know what's designed in the play and what's supposed to happen in this play. If they are designing stuff that is getting guys open and he is leaving food on the plate, that's even worse. And, you know, he can't be graded as negatively if he's doing exactly what they ask. You know, take a little forkful here, take a little forkful spoonful here. But but what I'm trying to say is there's no way in the world you can justify starting him past week four if the offense continues to look like this. You can't it, give up on the season. It's embarrassing at this point. It's embarrassing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I hate to say that. I hate getting all emotional about it, but there's no way you could like this. There's no way you could be happy with this. Here's the difference. I, I swear to you, if Trubisky was out there chucking bombs down the field and getting picked off all the time, I'd be okay with it because, frankly – that's how you win in the NFL. Now you've got to be able to make those plays. I don't want him throwing the interceptions, but the fact that he's trying is worth something. The difference between Pickett and Trubisky is going to be exactly that Pickett will come in. And I, I've said this a bunch as well. The sum of Pickett's hole is greater than the sum of his parts. Pickett gets in there. He's going to throw a guy deep. He's going to give it a shot. He's going to look at the guy down the seam and try to get him the ball. He's not going to hone in on, two guys and that's it to a point where the defense knows exactly where you're going to throw the ball the entire second half, which has happened two games in a row. Now he will put the effort up. Is he going to throw more interceptions that way? Yeah, probably. But I look at it like this, which might differ from Mike Tomlin, but if your defense is really good, take the shot on offense, take the risk, score the points and more often than, than what you're currently doing, make them do it back to you. Quit sitting around and saying, well, we have a good defense. We don't want to turn the ball over. That doesn't mean you're going to score points. Trubisky has done a great job protecting the ball. It's amounted nothing on the scoreboard. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's not doing anything. They got five takeaways last week, and they scored like 14 points off of it. It's terrible. Yeah, I mean, you – I yeah, mean, they've I mean, only scored – or two, by the way, Richard. I mean, they've scored two offensive touchdowns in, in nine quarters. I mean that's that that isn't is it, it's three, isn't it? 
They scored one last week and two today, didn't they? Did they score two touchdowns? Yeah, they scored two touchdowns today because they had 14. See, it's I should remember that they scored three touchdowns, but the point is the same. Should. We're arguing between two and three touchdowns in two games. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's not good. You, you know, it's not Who good. Who scored the other touchdown? <laughs> Can I find you know, it? I, I, I mean, it should be – we should be able to remember this. Obviously, I know Najee scored a touchdown uh, week one. Fire move uh, scored a touchdown today. Um, it th- th- This can't go on past the Cleveland game if the Steelers lose. And there's no reason that it should continue. I mean – I mean, I think you've seen everything that you might need to see from Trubisky already. I don't know what else there is to see. I mean, this, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, Trubisky is who he is. He's Mitch Trubisky. And that is a guy that was formerly drafted high that just hasn't, you know, performed at a high level during his NFL career. And you know, you just can't win this style of football anymore. It's not sustainable. And I hate to continue to use that word. It's just not sustainable. It's too easy to lose games in the National Football League. You can't play them this razor close. Their mediocrity is very sustainable. Yes. Their ineptitude is going to be very sustainable. Yes. They're, they're not – they're going to need to change things. And, frankly, my opinion – you're going to, have to take a lot of risks on Thursday at Cleveland, which is that strategy is so not Mike Tomlin. It, I, I don't believe that it'll happen. I really don't. But they're not going to win that game if they don't make some big plays. They're just not. Cleveland has way too many dudes on both sides of the ball. I get who their quarterback is. They have enough dudes that can make plays. And the Steelers should, but the Steelers don't put them in position to do anything. Brissett will put them in a position to make plays. Nick Chubb is a beast. That guy can run the ball. They have good receivers. They have good uh, protection scheme set up with a good offensive line. There's a lot of things Cleveland can do, and they're playing winning football. Pittsburgh is not. They're plain and simple. They're just not. And if they get beat bad in, in a short week game against a rival team and your offense, again, doesn't do anything, I don't know how you keep the guy under center that you have right now. So yeah, blue blue gold is right. Like they score so few touchdowns. Yeah, I'm sorry. I jeez, I wow. I honestly couldn't. Re- yeah, Deontay's two point conversion. Yes, I thought he was out of bounds. <laughs> two field goals and I'm, I'm crazy. These these are long days for me. Sorry. Yes, of course they only scored one touchdown. Why would I think they scored? Two? Why would you think they scored two touchdowns? <laughs> two. Like, whoa, 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 slow down, slow down. Two Come touchdowns. On, no. Score two touchdowns. Let's all get stimulus checks. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly they, score, they, score, they score two touchdowns. Well, you know, we could talk about this bad offense, uh, you know, at nauseum. Um, you know, just to try to possibly put a rainbow on this game. Um, anything on either side of the ball to give you any encouragement. Um Today, I yeah, Miles Boykin made two nice special teams plays. I like that. Um, Jalen Warren, I think, looks again. I I hate to say this because it seems so condescending, but it's almost like he doesn't know how to be mediocre. He just takes it and goes. I love that about him. He's just he's a spark plug kind of guy. Not an advanced athlete. He doesn't have advanced skills. But he just takes it and goes. I mean, the, the the value of that on a team that can't move the ball from from here to there without extreme coordination uh, is is pretty significant in my mind. I like the fact he's able to do that. I like the fact they're able to work them. But we're not seeing anything out of the receivers, and I can't really blame them. Boot stamp stamp. Wow, that hurts. Gotta love that. Jeez. Funny <laughs> bitch. Looks he said more that like me. I I never called him money, Mitch, and I was never going to, because frankly, everything I'm saying right now, I'm mouthing from Bears fans three years ago. He hasn't changed. He's not any different for everybody saying, well, just give him a chance. This is exactly why I was telling you, no, I'm not going to. We've seen this guy. We know who he is. What we saw today is a Mitch Trubisky game. It's not uncommon, and we're going to see it again. We're going to see a good game from him somewhere if he continues to play, but if, if Mike Tomlin wants to be serious about this team, and I'm not 100% sure that he should be, 
I don't want to throw Pickett in too early. But if he wants to be serious about this team, uh, he's going to have to think about it. Um, he's not going to say it. He's going to give him all his support in the world. We're not seeing anything to, to suggest this team can be counted on to win game in and game out. They're just they're not going to. Yeah, what about Minka? We'll talk about Minka. Um, I'll say this, though. Mac Jones lobbing that ball up down the scene with Fitzpatrick there was <laughs> that was on the same level as, as the poor decisions that Trubisky made today. You 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 absolutely do not do that. Uh, if there's a defensive back in the NFL, you don't tempt with that. It's Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, it, it, a horrendously poor decision, but hey, yeah, it's not not Fitzpatrick's problem that Mac Jones seems to be dumber game in and game out, but. A nice play by him, um, you know, would have been great to to get to have gotten something out of it. Um, but another uh, an, another big game for Minka and the the presence that he has will help because that's evidence of why it can't just be well, just throw at him anyway. You can't. He's going to make you pay for doing that. He was set on. I forget what it was. Um, one play and his reaction kind of showed everything with it as well. Um, it, it pass was coming across the middle. He planted and stayed right where he was waiting for the deflection to come, but somehow or other it went right through your boy, Lance Duggar's hands. I think I was, or not, um, not Duggar, the other guy, somebody missed it. And Fitzpatrick would have been in the perfect position, uh, to have taken it if, if it got tipped up in the air, but it didn't, you can kind of tell he was frustrated. He might've been able to make a play on it if he kept moving where he was going, but He's a ball hawk. Um, he's an elite level defender. Um, it, it's it's great watching him play. It's a lot of fun just to see how impactful a very good deep safety in today's NFL can be. And he might be the best one of them. Grayson made a great point that the two teams are oddly very similar. One yeah. just messed up more. And it was kind of like mirror images of each other. And uh, I thought Jordy McElroy, if you guys didn't listen to the pregame breakdown, I think it was spot on. I think Jordy got the score exactly right. I think Jordy said 17-13 Steelers. I think I said, I mean, Patriots, I said 16-13 Steelers. I think you said 16-13 as well. You know, we all were throwing darts around the score. We all thought it was going to be low scoring. Yeah, low scoring was really the theme. um Jordy talked me out of it. In the end, my my picks, I took the Patriots, something like 13-6. I don't – the game wasn't a surprise. I don't think anybody could could look at the score and the result and say that this was a a surprise outcome for them. This was pretty much exactly how I figured it would go. And whoever was going to make that play uh, would be the one to to win it. And I, I thought Minka's interception early could have been the difference in that. Um, the Patriots did a great job protecting their quarterback and their quarterback made a play, um, a a nice throw. The receiver really was the one who made the play. Give all the credit in the world to Aguilar. Aguilar had two big catches in this game. Yeah, that was a great Uh, catch. The Steelers didn't make any plays offensively. So, uh, you don't win a whole lot like that. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm looking at the comments, you know, someone wrote, if we had Mac Jones, they win the day. If we had Flacco, they win the day. I keep forgetting about Gunner too. What a, oh my God, that, that. Maybe I'm just mentally blocking it out because it was so bad. But that's, dude, it, one job, man. You're paid $2 million this year and not 750000 because of your return ability. And that's it. it. Inexcusable for a veteran player like that. Inexcusable. And right into his doppelganger's hands. Did you see that? It was like his brother was coming down yes. to cover the kick. Bounced right yes. into his hands. Like, this is perfect, Gunner. That's why they didn't sign you. They can get another tall, gangly, long-haired white guy to do what you do. Not named Gunner, though. How about Not Pistol? Named Gunner, no. I don't even know who maybe, that guy was. What was maybe they, maybe they'll sign a guy named Pistol. Pistol, better than Gunner, that's for sure. Magnum. How about Magnum? Magnum. <laughs> <laughs> I'll name a guy. I'll get a game. A guy named Magnum uh, Pikowski. How about that one? I like comment in here. It hit his mask first. There's one area the ball never should hit <laughs> as an offensive player in the NFL. It's your face mask. Should never <laughs> hit that. You're a kick returner. You know how to catch. Pull your head back while you're looking up to catch the ball. It's what you have to do. That I, I don't need to teach him that. I got yelled at on my JV team for for a similar kind of play. You're getting Magnum. paid. If you're a kick returner, you're basically an exclusive kick returner in the NFL. 
it, it doesn't go to question that you have to catch every punt that's given to you. You're not allowed to fumble. You're making $2 million a year, which is almost three times the veteran minimum for his tenure in the NFL. You have no excuse to do that with one dude on you. It, it, that's just, this team isn't about, even close good enough for that. We kind find of somebody named uh, Colt rounds. I'm just thinking of, <laughs> of, of gun. I'm trying to put gun stuff together. Colt, Colt rounds. rounds. That's his <laughs> name. That? That's that, his that, name. That's, that'd be a good one, right? Colt rounds. And like Felicia said, uh, make sure you hit the like button. Richard said McMagnum. Um, I like Colt Rounds though. Colt Rounds, I think is uh, I think that should be Could Gunner's get away nickname. With Magnum Colt Rounds. Colt Rounds. Like <laughs> I like this. that one. That's a great movie name. Well, we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. Um, I think we're gonna bring you the show on Wednesday. Um, that only gives us one day of uh, show, uh, but but it, it's Thursday, so I, I don't know if it's avoidable. Um, but make sure Wednesday. you guys go ahead. You want to do Thursday night? I, I I'm I'm far worse than you are on no sleep. That'll be me. We might we might do Thursday night, but we'll, we'll definitely do the Wednesday show yeah. for for sure. Um, and we might do Thursday night if I can make it home in time. Uh, you know, due to some other stuff that's going on. But we we might uh Magnum Colt rounds. <laughs> Colt MCR. Rounds. I'm trying too hard. <laughs> Man, Colt rounds. Colt just rounds. I think Colt rounds. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't think it'll be a blowout loss. I got to take a look at Cleveland. Um, Thursday both night team, games. Both teams will just play conservative and do yeah, the same. Yeah, Thursday night games are slogs, and it's divisional. Uh, you know, guys are busted up. Um, I mean, so we, and it's, it's hard three, to three though. Yeah, and it's week. It's week three, but it's you know it's it's a cohesive plan to turn. I mean, it's it, Thursday night games are tough. They're particularly tough on road teams. Uh, you know, I mean, Especially so I, I expect you know a game to it's look similarly. Center. Yeah, it's going to be pretty tough. But I want to appreciate everybody for hopping onto the experience. Make sure you hit the like button. Please spread the word. Um, the Colt Rounds Edition Blue Gold, you're priceless. Make sure you spread the word. Hit the like and subscribe button. The show is doing fantastic in terms of its numbers. We've really grown over the last two weeks. I appreciate that, everybody. We're going to go ahead and conclude the program. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Bang, bang, Colt Rounds. <laughs>